Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. You're listening to LOL Radio Time now as we uh, check out all these Aussie blokes that are uh, coming to the festival. Uh, on the line, we have Cameron James to talk about Electric Dreams. Welcome back to LOL Radio, Cam. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to chat to you. Congratulations on uh, the, the show. Cheers. Yeah, I think like uh, last time it was it just, was just about to kick off. Days. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the show ended up growing way bigger than I thought it would be. Um, I never thought I'd get you know nominated for any awards mm-hmm. in my life, um, <laughs> <laughs> let alone win one. And then to get to do an encore of it is crazy to me. This is. Honestly, it's a dream come true. <laughs> it's an electric dream <laughs> an come electric true. An electric dream come true. An electric dream come true. Very good. Uh, so for those who may not have been able to uh, catch the show last year, it was uh, a sight to behold. I taken your advice that um, it was you know a small space and it was going to be an intimate performance because it was up in Comedy Republic. And you were going through some old notebooks from your teen years and then performing songs that you had written. And it was a really awesome show. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, I loved those shows. It was um, amazing to me that everyone who came and checked the show out found something relatable within it. You know, it, it felt like such a personal thing to me to... Um, dig up these old notebooks of mine yep. and to perform these songs that I'd written quite earnestly as a 15-year-old to perform them, you know, in my 30s. That felt pretty personal and unique to me, but I feel like everyone who came along ended up seeing some of themselves in there, you know, some version of what they were like as a teenager and those that mix of hormones. Well, the, yeah, the functions. whole coming-of-age thing. Yeah, Totally, totally. So that was, the, that was the biggest surprise to me was that people started to see themselves in the show and even send me... People would send me songs that they wrote when they were a kid or yeah. drawings that they did yeah. or stuff like that. It was all pretty interesting. It, yeah. it really does inspire you to go down that trip down memory lane thing because... I, I know the show as a comedy premise is about delving back into it and how gawky and geeky, but some of those songs could quite easily have uh, hit. Have, have gone off. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think you're giving me way too much. Bad song. <laughs> let's not let's not gild the lily. Here. They are pretty bad songs. Yeah, but. I, I think, M- musically, um, musically, I'm talking. <laughs> musically, there's there's a couple of catchy moments in there. There's one song in the show that's called Mary Jane, mm-hmm. and it's about a substance, <laughs> a certain substance that people smoke. And I actually think the more I played that song, the more I thought, you know what, this could be an oasis. Song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not too far removed from this. <laughs> Yeah, well, because I kept journals from like age eighteen onwards, but even going back through my like high school planners and stuff, oh, like wow. just the notes you'd write in the notes section, and then you'd have pages that'd be torn out, and you know that something had been written on that and passed as a note in class and all that sort of stuff. It's just <laughs> yeah. look, looking back on all that stuff, and then yeah, again seeing the songs, you're just like there's a definite like era of anyone's life that is very relatable in that stuff. 
that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted people to kind of walk away from this show and feel like it was, you know, a reflection of their lives in a way. And they could look back on their own lives with a bit of happiness rather than shame or embarrassment, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, very much embracing it. Totally, yeah. Embrace, embrace the cringe. <laughs> yeah, that is it. Cause, and there's, the, there's lots of that stuff that I kind of look back and, you know, it's those things that you wake up at three in the morning and sit bolt upright and go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe <laughs> I'd have said that to someone way back then or, or, or didn't say something when something happened. And, yeah, being able to look back and just kind of go, oh, look, everyone had that same thing. Totally. And still has it, you know. Like, I'm 35 now and I still... I'll look back on something from a year ago and go, I can't believe I did that. That's so <laughs> embarrassing. It's going to happen for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Well, something really cool that did happen in the last 12 months is the release of Finding Yeezus, which is uh, kind of the, the next instalment in your uh, Finding series from Finding Drago and Finding Desperado. This was a, a different take on that, though. Mm, yeah. So uh, myself and my best mate, Alexi Toliopoulos, we're both comedians, but we both um, dropped out of journalism degrees many, yeah. many years ago. And uh, our love of journalism and investigating has now taken shape in these sort of comedy comedy investigations that we do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this one was well, the one we we're most proud of, I think. It's our first time making it as a video series rather than a podcast. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we really take it... We really take our investigation seriously, no matter how stupid the premise is. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what sells it so well, because you really do get invested as it uh, as a listener, as a podcast, but yeah, as the YouTube series, you're waiting for that next episode yeah. every time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's truly, we both love true crime yeah. as a genre, and we always wanted to make a true crime Theories, but we just don't know any murderers. You know? yeah. um, <laughs> if we knew one murderer, maybe we would have made a proper true crime documentary instead it's, of just picking these kind of harmless little mysteries to solve. All the good murders are taken, though, I reckon. It's just like, now you're just getting the real grim ones that there's no fun little facts or twists and turns. It's just a straight-up psychopath. And... That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. Just save some of the good ones for us. Yeah, <laughs> I know as Finding Eases was coming out, like where I live, I don't have great mobile reception. So I literally was out in the cold watching it on my phone, standing outside in my pyjamas uh, <laughs> when the new episode would drop because I was like, I had to find out what happened next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there were only, you know, 13 minute episodes. Yeah. <laughs> too long. <laughs> yeah. You could have had a, a new episode there. It's frozen, <laughs> frozen podcast yeah. watcher. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> podcast freezings and yeah <laughs> but um, yeah, that was um that was a dream project of ours to get to make it you know we it was a really bizarre mystery this video game that exists online that allegedly yeah. was created by a cult so we didn't think we'd ever get a chance to do it but when screen australia helped us out with a bit of funding it was like a huge moment jump for in us, the deep end yeah spend kind of a year investigating this thing. Yeah, and it was put out on the Grasshouse YouTube channel, which is the Auntie Donna kind of uh, su subsidiary, I guess, the yeah. <laughs> where they're releasing subsidiary. a bunch of great, great content. Words. Subsidiary is one of the great words yeah. <laughs> that we never get to say that often. So yeah. let's, let's all say it. Let's say it. Subsidiary. <laughs> subsidiary. subsidiary. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's very good. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, so like I, like I said, yeah, it's just some more great content on their channel that's come out. 
And I, yeah, highly, highly recommend that. And then I recently, I was doing some night shifts and I went and re-listened to the whole Finding Drago in one night shift. And even though I've heard it a bunch of times, I know all the twists and turns, you know, I'm a big fan of Todd Noy, I've got, I've got the books, but it's <laughs> like, I, it was still, it's so entertaining to listen to, uh, just because it's that perfect level of silly, but interesting, but entertaining, so... Yeah, it's, um, I think a lot of that's due to the main subject of that podcast, David, who turned out to be one of the most fascinating <laughs> human beings on the planet and one yeah. of the weirdest dudes that I know. Um, yeah. But also, like for both Alexi and me, making that first podcast was a real like lesson in how to tell stories. You know? mm, yeah, and yeah. I kind of used working on that show as inspiration for working on this stand-up show. Like yeah, 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 definitely. Led me directly to making that show, all the little lessons and tricks and twists and turns yeah. I tried to apply to my stand-up. So, yeah, I've got so much love for Finding Drago. It's, um, it was a big game-changing moment for me. Yeah. When you've got a show that has essentially a bunch of bits that you're able to actually tie in together, that must be so satisfying when you've just kind of got it all and then you get that last little puzzle piece that links the whole thing and it's like, oh, it's all, it works perfectly, so. Totally, yeah. I mean, I'd never done anything like that before with stand-up. I'd always just done hours of just a bunch of disconnected bits that were all my favourite little things I'd done in comedy clubs through the year. Yeah. And uh, this was my first attempt at doing one big, story and I, I reckon I'll never go back it's so much more rewarding for me yeah to spend time telling one long story and populating it with jokes I, mean, I have the best time yeah. And it really does encapsulate an, an era, and we see your story unfold again with all those twists and turns of uh, will he, won't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm reliving it myself, by the way. I'm yeah. also going through the emotional ringer up there. I'm it's still awkward for me every time I have to do it. Yeah. Pull up, pull well, I think, yeah, like, it, there is a definite um, thing that happens with nostalgia. Like, my sister got me tickets to um, Knotfest, the Slipknot Festival that's oh, coming. Dude. And I was just like, all through high school, I was just like, that was all I listened to. And then after high school, I kind of, I, I still like it. I still go back and listen occasionally. But going to a festival where I know there's going to be a bunch of people my age who are just going because they're like, oh, man, I remember seeing them back in 2003 or whatever. I was just, there's going to be something there that I think it's just a big nostalgia family, I think. Totally. it's. Um, I felt the same way when I've gone and watched legacy bands lately from my childhood. Even when I watched that documentary about Woodstock 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, the message of that documentary is this was a very toxic time in music and yeah. all these bands led to a lot of awful stuff. But I was watching that documentary and thinking, God, i got to listen to Limp Bizkit again. This is pretty <laughs> yeah. good stuff. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. I just kind of went back and was like, oh, man, I haven't listened to that Corn album in a while. And just popped it on. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I'm, like, I'm pretty sure this isn't what they wanted out of the documentary, but it's what I took from it. So. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. <laughs> Are you hoping for a similar thing when people come to Electric Dreams? They're like uh, <laughs> going down that path of pulling out their, uh, old, their old diaries. Old yeah. CDs. Totally. and. <laughs> We're getting the band totally. back I mean, together. That's the, that's the era that we're living in right now is that we're all kind of embracing the past a little bit because it's kind of recent now. 2001 or 2003 or whatever was 20 years ago. Mm, that's, yeah. And there's so many photos from that era. It's not like the 70s where your parents had like two photos of themselves. Yeah. It's, 
digital cameras existed, MySpace existed. Yeah, yeah. There's evidence of all of this stuff. It's that electric time capsule. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're so excited to see that uh, you've got an encore of the show. It's going to be at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival for one night only at Max Watts, and mm-hmm. we cannot uh, recommend it highly enough. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. It's, um, Max Watts is such a cool venue. I've performed there as part of late night galas mm-hmm. before, but I've never done a solo show there before, so this is very huge for me. So on April 15, yeah, one night only, and um, yeah, people should come. I'd love it if people would come and, you know, step back in time with me. Yeah, and see why it was nominated for Most Outstanding Show at last year's first. Mm. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if we've got listeners that are tuned in on the podcast, uh, we've also got your dates for Sydney Comedy Fest. Again, one night only, that's the 6th of May. And yeah. then a couple of dates in Brisbane as well, uh, Saturday the 27th and Sunday 28th of May. Yeah, and that's it for now, I think. I might try and do it again around the country later in the year at some point. But for the meantime, this is seeming like the last run I'm going to do a video. The last hurrah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So get it while yeah, it's get on and, and Get it while you can, yeah. Yes, indeed, yes. Well, Cams, thanks so much for uh, having a chat on LOL tonight. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, b- best of luck with, with the run. And uh, if people want more details, they can find you all over the internet. Yeah, that's right. Um, I am Cameron James on everything. And if you don't feel like following me, uh, I suggest following the band Corn or yep. the band Olympia's Good. Let's bring back those big Jinko jeans or whatever they were. I'll, I'll add them to my MySpace right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dear. Thank you so much, Cam. We'll uh, catch around. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was great. Thank you.